Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more, all in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Again, this is Christine Wyke, and we are slowly going through the book of Revelation, and we're getting towards the end here. And we are talking about the millennium or the thousand-year reign of Christ, where we will reign with Christ in the New Jerusalem, the holy city of God. And uh, this is part two. Part one, if you want to go into the archives, we talked a little bit about what the city is like. We um caught the description of the city, what it could look like. The Bible describes it as being a very beautiful place and how God uses the most beautiful materials, gold, precious gems, pearls, to decorate his city, while we on earth use very plain materials, tar, asphalt, uh, steel, and cement. It makes our buildings look quite ugly compared to what God has got planned for us in his city. And uh, we talked a little bit of the nations that go on the outside of the city. Why are there gates? And we will study that a little bit more deeply today as to why there are 12 gates on this city, why they are guarded, and a couple of things I'm sure I'm going to raise you a question in your mind. But look into God's Word and, in fact, There are a number of other places throughout the Bible that we're going to touch on that help to explain for us what life will be like during these thousand-year reign, uh, during this thousand-year that we will reign with Christ. Now, remember, this is the end of the world at this point. The devil has been thrown into the pit um, or the abyss, 
he will be there for 1,000 years, and then he is let out. Uh, what is he let out to do? He's let out to deceive the nations. And people are asking, oh, I don't get it. What are these nations um, that the Bible talks about during the millennium or that 1,000-year reign? And we got a little bit of a clue here in Isaiah. I mentioned on last time's archives that, or in part one's archives, that I would bring a verse to you in Isaiah that tells us that there is going to be a population growth that will come from the bride. Remember, the bride of Christ is also a city, but we are the bride of Christ, and we are going to be living in this city. And we are the ones that end up populating the earth again for these nations to come around. They will be our ancestors. Now, a lot of people are thinking at this point, okay, where does the sex issue comes in? Where does this marriage comes in where you can populate the earth? Um, how, obviously, babies are born, so there's got to be a process for that. You know, that's something the Bible is not really clear on. We do know from Jesus, as he was talking in the Gospels, that there is no marriage. Um, is everybody going to have whatever they want? You know, Bible's not clear. I guess we're going to know that when we get there. But I do know this will be a time of bliss. And if, if, if sex is a part of that, where we are created, um, to, we are created to do that. Um, we are able to populate. This is obvious. And there is no pain for childbirth. You can imagine when you have a perfect atmosphere you have a perfect climate you have the lord there with you you have the option of having children why not and this is uh, an intriguing part i think for a woman um to be able to say i can and will have many more children go with me to isaiah chapter 60 we're going to start at verse 19 and it definitely here is describing the uh, conditions at the thousand-year reign. This can be at no other time here because look at verse 19. <coughs> no longer will you need the sun or moon to give you light, for the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and he will be your glory. That right there is your clue that the, Isaiah is talking about the time during the millennium. We know, as in Revelation is describing, that there is no more sun and there is no more moon during this thousand-year reign of Christ because the light comes from inside the city. The light is the one, the, the, the world is seeing the light as the city is the illuminator. And that right here is telling you a clue that what God is going to be saying here in these verses in Isaiah is going to be pertaining to the thousand-year reign. Continuing with verse 20. Your sun shall never set, the moon shall never go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning all will end. All your people will be good. They will possess their land forever, and I will plant them there with my own hands. This will bring me great glory. The verse 22 is the most intriguing. The smallest family shall multiply into a clan the tiny group shall be a mighty nation i the lord will bring it all to pass when it is time okay here's your population explosion 
who are going to be the people who start the populations? Obviously, the Bride of Christ, those who inhabit the city. We start now with Revelation 21, verse 24. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Now, he's talking about the city here, the, the, the holy city of Jerusalem. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and the honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Okay? Those names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's the Bride of Christ. Also, if there is no night, if there's daytime all the time, and the gates are always open, for the inhabitants of the city only to go in and out, those whose names are written in the book of life, then why are there even gates there? Why not have no wall? Why not have no gate? Is it for looks that the gates are there? Well, they're open. You would think, well, shoot, why did God create gates? Because explained in that verse that says nothing impure will enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful. Does that mean that those on the outside of the city, those who live on the outskirts, the suburbs, those who do not reside in the city, or those generations who evolve from us, the bride of Christ, do they start to become immoral and they start to get deceitful and sinful? Those are the ones that the gates are for. So let's look again here. Who are these nations? The nations that were in existence before the tribulation period or the old earth have been destroyed. So the nations that we know today, those are gone. We know that those are all have been slaughtered in that last battle on earth, um, either during the War of Armageddon or at the Great Supper of the Lamb. These new nations then must be the generations from the people who live in the New Jerusalem. And like I said before, keep in mind, you have millions of people combined with a perfect environment. And then you add a 1,000 years. Well, what is the result? A lot more people. And very rapidly, things start to evolve. God still allows the freedom of choice. But moving to the suburbs or outside the city also allows moving towards the possibility of immorality. There is nothing impure within the city limits, but that can change on the outside, away from God. Now we can see why these are angels posted at each one of the 12 gates. Remember, we read that in Revelation 21, verse 12, where there are angels posted at each gate. These are the guardians to the city. Even though the gates are always open, that indicates that the citizens of the city are free to roam in and out. However, they cannot bring somebody else who is corrupt or deceitful back with them. Not everyone can just walk in without the proper credentials. Can you now understand the politics of this city? Unless your name is written down in the book of life, you do not have a pass to get into the city. If your name is identified as being a saved person under the blood of Christ, you have the right to come and go freely. 
to me, these verses clearly show that there will be a great many people who start to backslide. And they, in turn, also create generations of backsliders. And so life goes on. The nations that have become created outside the city will give glory to it. Now, this may be in terms of goods. Since they will not be allowed inside the city to worship, and remember, there is no temple in the city. God lives among his bride, and there is no temple. So they do not come into the city to worship. They come into the city as a matter of bartering, or they come, I'm sorry, they they trade within the city limits possibly, but they cannot enter the city with a means of bartering or trade. We see this later as a possibility in Revelation chapter 22. We have another profound glimpse of what life will be like. It will also help us to understand some of what we've just been reading concerning how society will evolve. And here we go back again to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Go to chapter 65, starting at verse 17. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight to its people and a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. What a perfect place to live. If you want a city that's going to be fun, entertaining, parties and celebrations like nothing ever seen, this is it. I think this is God's reward for those who are not able to enjoy all the parties that went on in Babylon and all the parties there that were against God. These now will be parties for God. All ugly memories will be gone. Nothing but good times ahead. Verse 20 of Isaiah 65. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered cursed. All right, babies are born. That is mentioned, indicating that we must have a birth rate. Now, if you are a woman, imagine having to give birth without pain. Now you can see that there is a population explosion, and age is also not a factor. Is it possible for someone who is as old as 100 today, should he enter that city, would then be considered as young as 10 years old? That would make it possible for that someone to live out the entire thousand-year reign. Now remember, there is no death for the believer. That is confirmed throughout the Bible, that once we are become, once we are in the book of life, we will be there, and heaven is an eternity for us. However, if someone who is our generation, who was not saved by the blood of Christ, if you have children in this time period of a thousand years, those children are not saved by the blood of Christ. They are your ancestors. That is something different. So, Would those people then, the possibility that they could become cursed? 
will there be death for them? Well, not inside the city. We know that. For that promise has already been made. But for those who choose to move out or the generation who decides to go on the outside, they have a chance to become cursed. That is proven here in Isaiah 65, verse 20. It also shows us that there is a death rate for those who do evil. We will slowly see this taking place as the years progress during the thousand years. Verse 21, they will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyard and eat their fruit. Now it seems after some time has passed, there will be those who do move out of the city and into the country. Remember, the gates of the city never close. So the citizens or those who are written in the book of life are able to move about freely. So you could say that the bride of Christ, us, we have the best of both worlds. But God does intend for his people to be productive and useful. Just because the conditions are perfect, it's paradise, that does not mean that everybody sits around and does nothing. Obviously, it says gardens will be planted. This must explain that the light coming from within the city also provides enough light for plant growth. (coughs) Gardens will also provide food, as with the life on earth today. And farms are located outside of the city limits. So there are going to be those of you, if you love farming and you farm now, or if you love to garden and you garden now, chances are you're going to take that love with you and you will be able to plant another garden. Verse 22, No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. Can you see there is no socialism in this city? There is no welfare state here. What you grow, you eat. Or what you grow, you can sell. You keep your profits. There is no socialization here or no socialism here where you are forced to grow something for the sake of feeding somebody else who prefers prefers not to work. This verse could also give us a clue as to what the tribulation period may be like. In the event of the persecution during the tribulation period, can it be hinted here? that the homes of the believers will be confiscated, that they will be forced to produce goods for the welfare of their persecutors. Go back to when the Holocaust happened. When the Jews were evicted out of their homes, it was the Germans and the German soldiers who occupied the homes. This was quite a dilemma when the Holocaust survivors came back to Germany. And they found that their own homes were being lived in. Here is an indication that that is also going to occur with the believers during the tribulation period. For those who are uh, not raptured yet. Um, I'm sorry, but I do believe in a rapture that occurs a little later in the tribulation period. That is a whole other talk show. But here it shows that believers will have their homes confiscated. And they will be forced to work so that other people get the fruit of their labors. It is mentioned here also that the age of people will not matter. Trees are, let's see here. Um, oh, 
maybe I didn't catch that. Uh, in verse 22, for as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. Trees are known to last hundreds of years. In fact, in the Middle East, there are trees that are still standing there from the date from when Jesus walked. The citizens of this city will enjoy the work of their hands. I would like to rephrase this. The people living in the city, God's people, will have hobbies. Can you imagine working at something that you enjoy and then have it turn out great? Flower gardens with no weeds. Maybe you could build a plane and not worry about it crashing. You could breed the fastest of horses, sewing clothes from the finest of silk. I could I could talk for a couple of hours here and what you could do. Take your favorite thing and just imagine it perfect. Now, it could also be your occupation for a thousand years. Of course, I'm only guessing here. However, I think God meant to explain that life will be enjoyed to its fullest. Verse 23, they will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. All the hard work or toil is going to be appreciated, and I believe profits are earned. Having children and grandchildren from them will also be a blessing. This interpretation could go many different ways on meaning that bearing children that are doomed. Again, is this another indication that during the tribulation period, babies and smaller children of the believers are taken away and destroyed? Could this verse be used as a tool of hope for those women and families that have this done to them? If you have a baby born during the tribulation period and you are a believer, you refuse to take the mark, you can understand that your baby will be tortured or killed right in front of you or taken away. And I think the hope here is that you will be able to have children again. But this time, it won't happen to you. This persecution of your children will not happen to you. Isaiah 65, verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Now, isn't that service? Can you feel the love from our Savior for us at this point? Verse, six, verse uh, 25. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Now, the clues here point to the fact that there are animals on the new earth. However, the, the traits and the characteristics have changed dramatically. Lions and wolves are no longer predators, allowing them to act like domesticated farm animals. This new earth will be like the original Garden of Eden. Regardless of all the beauty of creation, notice how God just has it in for the snake. <laughs> the snake will still eat the dust on the ground. Revelation 22, now we go back into Revelation, verses 1 and 2. The angel showed me the river of water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. 
the Bible in Revelation here does not answer the question of will it rain during the millennium since there will be no sun. Um, I asked this question before on part one of this series of, of discussions here. And I did ask if there is no sun, is there going to be weather? Um, and that, like I said, God has that all figured out. But the source of water here seems to be a river that flows through the center of the city and then possibly it goes outside of the city gates as irrigation or could be used as irrigation. could be also used as a means of transportation. Is the flow of life both spiritual and physical, which comes directly from God himself? A lot of people refer to the river or the uh, river of life as something spiritual. That is true. But I believe here in the new holy city, it is also physical. The tree of life is the same metaphor, and it can have the same explanation. Part of it's uh, spiritual, part of it physical. What I question is, how can a single tree stand on each side of a massive river? Does scripture mean to say that this one tree is so massive that its branches reach to the other side of the river? Uh, We don't know that, so I guess we'll find out when we get there. But the tree of life gets its nutrients from the river of life. Can you now imagine how large this tree will be? Now, the production of its fruit is also extraordinary. No tree that exists on earth as we know it can produce 12 different types of fruit, let alone produce the variety, each one, within a month. We are blessed here on earth to have a tree that can provide a crop within an entire season. Now, here's another thought. God chose a fruit tree to be the tree of life. That product is sweet to the palate, and it's a delight to eat. I'm not even sure what kind of fruit it is. God doesn't say. Is it bananas, apples, oranges? Don't know. Maybe it's a type of fruit we've never had before. But I'm sure, I'm telling you right now, the little kids right now would sure appreciate the fact that this was a fruit tree and not a vegetable plant. God requires us all to be responsible with natural resources, and it's no different here in paradise. The leaves also has a useful purpose, to provide medicine to those who live outside the New Jerusalem. This medicine is not needed for those people living in the city. It is used for those who are sick outside. Here is another very strong clue that things go badly for those who live on the outside of the city. Revelation does not reveal much information on life that exists on the outside of the city. We have seen that there is a possibility of death and sickness and a curse of sorts. But this will only last for a thousand years. The new Jerusalem will always be in existence with its way of life. Revelation 22, verse 3 through 5. No longer will there be any curse. Now, walk with me on that verse there. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and the servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. 
They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Now here is mentioned for the second time as a curse. 65, Isaiah 65 verse 20 also made the reference to this. Now this is not the same curse here that was placed upon the earth that we live right now. The new heavens and the new earth were created for this new millennium. All of those old curses and all those old order of ways had passed away. So this must be the creation of a new curse. But I think the timing of verse 3 there of Revelation 22 means to say that there won't be that curse forever, that the thousand-year reign will deal with it, but then afterwards, forever and ever, the curse will be no more. And then you can say it has been done with the evil. Now, we also understand that the Lord destroys the earth again, when Satan gets let out. Once he is destroyed for eternity, and that is Satan, then that curse is lifted. Um, I was hoping to try and see if I could quickly find here, as I wrap it up, the end of the book Revelation here. Uh, let's see here. Maybe I found it here in verses 18 and 19 of verse 22. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. Nope, that's not it. Oh, let's see here. If I can find it real quick. Ah, here we go. Revelation 22, verse 15. To me, folks, this puts the cap on this. Outside of the city are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. It's right there in the Bible, folks. Revelation 22, verse 15. During the thousand-year reign of Christ, you're going to have those who practice sin. And the devil will be the one to deceive them. My name again is Christine Wyke. I'm an author of the book, Explain This, a verse-by-verse explanation of the book of Revelation. Very very shortly, I'm going to have it on Amazon.com, but if you want to purchase a copy, I have it on sale for $9.99, and you can reach me at 1-888-653-9752 to purchase it, or my email, explainthis at att.net. My website, explainthis.us. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.